Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our video feed at 94WIP's YouTube page. Check it out there. Myself with WIP Daily. Of course, Jack Fritz and, and uh, Elliot now on the Clap Your Hands podcast with the Sixers. Elliot and James Seltzer with Go Birds. And, of course, Jack and uh, and James will be getting into some off-season Phillies High Hopes podcast. It's a Saturday, which means NFL picks for week number eight, two and three last week as I continue to try to creep my way back towards 500 for the season. Need a big week this week. I'm feeling pretty good about the picks. Um, not many gimmies this week. I don't think there's a single double-digit spread currently on the board. Of course, I always use the lines at my favorite book, FanDuel Sportsbook. Check it out. Great props. And uh, there's good boosts. And, and really, you know, if you go on FanDuel on Sundays, you can find three or four profit bo- profit profit boost tokens. I had to try to say that one fast. But for the 1 o'clock games, the 4 o'clock games, the evening games, and you could bump up you know, a, a parlay or a bet you put together and get way, way better odds on it. So check that out. I love FanDuel Sportsbook. That's where all the odds come from. Let's dive into it. Five games, my favorite five plays for this Sunday in the NFL. Game number one, we're going to go to the number one and number two pick quarterbacks. The picks, first picks in the drafts, actually. They obviously both were quarterbacks. When the Houston Texans travel to Carolina to take on the Panthers, and I'm going to take the dog, the home dog, with the hook. I will take the Panthers plus the three and a half. Look, I, the Texans are a better team. Texans have impressed me a lot this year, and I actually think Houston is is sneakily alive in the AFC playoff picture, and certainly in the AFC South race would already having won a game over Jacksonville. But this is a spot, and this is the spot why, why I like the Carolina Panthers for a couple of reasons. Number one, they have faced some good teams as of late, especially playing Miami in their last game. They were up 14-0 in that game. And I thought Bryce Young early in that game threw the football way better. Now two weeks to readjust, two weeks to kind of look at that offense, see what they've done right, see what they've done wrong, the throws that Bryce Young is making, the throws that he can't make yet. I think you're going to see the best version of Bryce Young. Plus, it's got to be a little bit deep down like, he's been clowned this whole year. He hasn't played very well. C.J. Stroud drafted after him, has played way better. There's been some smoke that's come out of Carolina that maybe the owner, you know, got himself involved, and Frank Reich didn't really want Bryce Young. Maybe he wanted C.J. Stroud, so there's that regret there. Like, this is a big prove-it moment for Bryce Young and his career. I, I still think there's a really, you know, likely chance that, that Stroud is the better player long-term. I, I didn't love uh, Young coming out of the draft. I, I think he's just too small to be a big-time NFL quarterback. But for this week, against a Texas defense that does give up yards through the air, I think he will play better. And I just don't think that the Texans, at this stage of their development, deserve to be you know, more than a field goal favorite on the road against anyone. Like, three and a half? Seriously? Now, if this number is two, two and a half, I likely stay away from the game. Or I would like Houston. But when you're giving me the field goal and the hook, three and a half, it's a lot of points here. Plus, Frank Reich, who really isn't a dynamic head coach, if there's one thing he has done well is coach off the bye, undefeated off the bye, Frank Reich, in his four years as a head coach. I will take the Panthers to get their first win of the season, but mostly just to cover for the purpose of this pod and the betting here we do each week. I'll take the Panthers plus three and a half at home. Pretty big home dog for game 
number one. All right, game number two on the docket this week. We're going to go to Miami, and that is the Patriots plus nine and a half over the Miami Dolphins. I thought Miami really was off last week against Philadelphia. I don't think it was indicative of the team they are. I, you know, their, their numbers are off the charts, and their statistics and their offense and their efficiency is all off the charts. The Eagles really did a good job against them last week, and I think Bill Belichick will take what he did, holding them to 24 points in Week 2. Watch what the Eagles did last year, which is really holding them to 10 points offensively. You know, Marry those two things, plus when you couple all the injuries on the offensive line to the Miami Dolphins, I think this is going to be a tough spot for them to run away with the game. I actually think Mac Jones is playing better football. Last week was an encouraging moment, encouraging game for the New England Patriots. Patriots and call me crazy, and I may be dead wrong on this. I don't think the Patriots are, are done competing this season. I know they've had some terrible losses, but you know, you look, the Lions last year were about one and five, one and six, and rallied to go nine and eight. I'm not saying that's the Patriots this year, long way to go, tougher schedule, all that kind of stuff, but I wouldn't count the Patriots out of competing week to week. Divisional game, Belichick. Injuries on Miami. Miami coming off a physical game where they lost a lot of people on the offensive line on the road last week. This is likely a Miami win, but you know Miami's leaked some oil lately. I mean, they the Giants had a pick six against them, and that game was fairly competitive for a quarter and a half, two quarters. The Panthers were up fourteen nothing on them before they came racing back. So you know they could they could play a little sloppy against really bad teams. And, and really talentless teams like the Giants and Carolina and still finish the game strong. They did that last week, a lot of mistakes, 10 penalties last week for Miami, and the Eagles ate them up in Philadelphia. Now, the Patriots aren't clearly as bad as the Panthers. They're also not clearly in the same class as the Philadelphia Eagles, but they're in between. It's a division game, and, and it's Belichick and, and a defense in New England that has it's held its own, even though the offense has really not done it, done it favor, you know, favors. I thought they did a good job last week against what can be an explosive Bills team. So I, I'm going to take the Patriots. I wish I was getting the 10. I wish we were getting the double digits here, but I will take the Patriots plus 9.5 in Miami for my second game this week. Game number three is an ugly one, but sometimes sometimes you got to find the ugly games, and I love the spot here. I'm not telling you I love either team. I'm not telling you I love the team that is currently the dog here because they have scuffled for weeks now, the better part of a month. But I like the Green Bay Packers at home getting, believe it is, let me make sure I got it, yes, one and a half over at FanDuel over the Minnesota Vikings coming off a major win, a shocking win over the 49ers last week at home. But here's some pretty eye-opening trends when it comes to the Vikings and specifically in this spot they are in as road favorites, short week, and off of the Niners game. So teams that have played the Niners are 4-19 and straight up, 5-16-2 against the Sprites at the start of last season. San Francisco will take a lot out of a team physically. A lot out of a team. You saw that was a very physical game on Monday night. We know the Niners had some injuries from that game, but a very physical game. I mean, that that's the kind of game that you don't want to play in a short week the next week. You want as much rest as you could possibly get after getting beat up by a Niners team that's, that's strong. Really on both sides of football, but even their skill players will just beat the crap out of you uh, in, in a game for 60 minutes. So I, I think Minnesota on a short week, that's some trouble there. Kirk Cousins, 2-7 and seven against the spread in his last nine starts on short rest. Look, I, I don't want to 
rag on Kirk. He's having a really good season. He's a good quarterback. But you go to that stuff. Like, this is where you think about the, the quarterback documentary that was on Netflix, how he takes that one day a week for a family day, which, you know, veterans and, and players are allotted you know, a day off. And, and he certainly is entitled to take that. And it's not a knock on him. But when you have a short week, if you're not catching up on all that extra stuff and you are taking a day to yourself on a short week, in fact, I don't even know if he does it on a short week, but just in general, that's where it could kind of catch up to. You can't get ahead the week before because you are maybe just doing your thing for that week. I'm not shocked after knowing what we know now about Kirk Cousins that he he struggled on short weeks and the Vikings have with him as their quarterback. So uh, that's a big number. Two and seven against the spread on a short week. Plus, look, it's a spot here. You have the Vikings highest could be feel like they resurrected their season after a big win as a seven point dog at home on Monday night. Now they go on the road to win on an underdog last week. And now on the road teams off a straight up win as a dog who are then on the road on short rest. Listen to this 28 and 68 straight up. Excuse me. Yeah. Straight up on the road against the spread in the last 20 years. I mean, really it's, it's a brutal spot. It's a brutal spot to win. We're getting one and a half. So what are the odds the Vikings, you know, I mean, the odds are they're going to lose the game, but, you know, in terms of the, the trends here. But I think we'll get a close game either way. So let's say the Vikings do win it by a one. We're going to get that. That one and a half is going to win the football game for us or win the bet for us. So take the, the Packers plus the one and a half. LaFleur's offense had success against the Vikings. Um, I think Flores will probably blitz himself into oblivion and – You'll see Jordan Love hit a couple shots down the field in this game. Let's take the Packers plus the one and a half for game number three. Our game number four, this is probably the one I I have the most just like uneasiness about, but I'll I'll go with it. Uh, Let's go with the Chiefs minus seven and a half over the Broncos. I know Denver's running game is picking up a little bit, but that pass game at Russell Wilson, it's so bland at times. It's so blah at times. And the Broncos secondary, like can Russell Wilson keep up in a game where you would think Mahomes is going to have a big one? He had a big one last week in their game against the Charge. I think he's about to heat up again and maybe really put some distance between himself and and whoever, Lamar, Hurts, um, in the MVP race. So the Broncos secondary, let's talk about it a little bit. Denver has the worst EPA per dropback of any team in the league. The Broncos need to wake up on defense, specifically in the past game, to have any chance. Mahomes, he is 16-0 on the road in the AFC West. As this builds, as his career unfolds, it's becoming one of these stats of the NFL. Like, how long, how long can Mahomes go perfect on the road in his own division? 16-0 is unbelievable. He's never lost. A, and those are the games you would think, like, when you look at the calendar every year, you're the Broncos, you're the Chargers, you're the Raiders. You know, going to Arrowhead and beating him there is a monumental task, right? Just such a monumental task. He's lost like 10 times there since he was drafted. So you figure if we got a shot to beat the Chiefs, it's in our building. And it's never happened. It's never happened. He's never lost against the Chargers in their building. He's never lost against the Raiders in their building. He's never lost in, I always call it mile high because that's where my brain goes back to. He's never lost in Denver. I don't think that starts now. The only quarterback with a longer streak in road division games is Joe Montana, who won 20 straight from 84 to 93. So this would be 17. 
I believe he's got games still in Los Angeles this year. That would be 18. And I don't think they've gone to the Raiders yet. That would be 19. So by next year, could break the all-time record. Obviously, we're talking about minus 7.5, not just a straight-up win. I think their passing game will go off again this week. It'll be too much for Denver to recover. This feels like a 30-20 to kind of game. I will take the Kansas City Chiefs minus the 7.5. And And for my last game, we'll do one more minus 7.5. I don't like taking numbers this big, but... You know, sometimes the matchup and the spot tells you you have to, and that's Monday night. I love, love, love the Detroit Lions Monday night football minus 7.5 against a disastrous Raiders defense and a Raiders team that really stinks. I mean, I can't believe they have as many wins as they do. This is a big, big, big spot for the Lions to bounce back after their second loss of the season. They really had a bad day. It kind of got away from them early. I don't think if the Ravens and Lions played again, it would be that kind of game. It'd be way more even. The game got away, and then they had to start going for fourth downs, and then it threw their whole team off. I mean, they could have... If the game expressed itself a different way, Detroit would have been in a better way. And this one is going to be a big-time win for Detroit getting back home. I love the matchup. Penny Sewell, you know, quieting Max Crosby. Crosby's the only chance the Raiders defense has to have relevancy or competency. And you got Sewell, who's second in pass block win rate. You know, I don't know if the belt has been taken yet, but at some point soon, Penny Sewell's going to take the belt as the best right tackle in the game from Lane Johnson. That's how good Sewell is. He's, he, he sets the tone for that offense with his physicality on both the run and the pass. He will do a good job in that matchup, and that will give time to Jared Goff. And Jared Goff, you know, with the play-action game, remarkable. And this, this is a perfect matchup for the Lions offense, okay? So Goff... Off play action since the start of last season. 22 passing touchdowns, most in the NFL. An 85 QBR, second best in the NFL. 73% completion percentage, sixth. All off play action since 2022. So we're talking about a top, you know, probably a top two to three quarterback in the league on play action since the start of last year. The Raiders defense, since the start of last year, has allowed a 71% completion percentage on play action. This is a disastrous matchup for the Raiders. Back-to-back road games. They got beat by Tyler Badgett last weekend. It was playing Westchester Bloomsburg a year ago. And now they got to go to Detroit, an angry team who just got their butts handed to them. Detroit will not will be underdogs, I believe, in just one game the rest of the year. It was a tough loss to the Ravens, and they got smacked. But it's not indicative of who they are. And it's also in front of them to be in the mix for the number one seed. I think they'll play well in this game. And I like Detroit to win this game by double digits. So give me the Lions minus the 7.5 on Monday night. So the five plays. Panthers plus 3.5 over the Texans. I like Bryce Young against a Texans defense that has allowed a lot of passing yards to have his best day, his best moment. Maybe to kind of even the score a little bit between himself and C.J. Stroud. Even though Stroud's better. I like the Panthers to keep this at least close within a field goal. Plus the 3.5. Game two, I will take the Patriots. Plus nine and a half over the Dolphins. A lot of Miami injuries right now. They're not the same team. I think I think the the Patriots could keep this respectable. Give me the Packers plus one and a half. Brutal, brutal spot for the Vikings in Lambeau. Home dog. I will take Green Bay. Chiefs minus seven and a half. They will pass all over a porous Denver defense. And then Lions minus the seven and a half over the Raiders for the final game. They close out Monday night in blowout style. And I think. The Lions get back to where they have been most of the season, which is being one of the best football teams in the NFL. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. Have a great weekend. Enjoy weekend of the NFL. I'll talk to you guys on the Midday Show Monday and with Eagles pregame show on WIP on Sunday. Thanks for listening.